Amen. Can we just turn that applause to God for a few moments? Just for a few more moments. What's been happening in this place is amazing. What has happened in this worship service is amazing. His presence is here. Leaned over to Don a few moments ago and to Pastor and to Nathan just told them, I was like, you know what, from the first service to this, I was like, he's he's still here. He's still, we still have his attention. You'll know what I'm talking about here in a minute, but God's attention is directed on this house. He is directed in your life right now. He is looking at you. He is listening to you. God's power is in this place ready to do something. Amen. So let's just praise him just for a few more moments. Just opening that up to him. God, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. And as I try not to cry, because I'm an emotional basket case sometimes, and that's all right. That that video, it it really got me the first time I saw it. So first, it's out of order for in my notes, but first, let me just go ahead and say this. Thank you to Pastor and to his family. What amazing people they are. We are truly, truly blessed to be able to call them pastor. And I'm so thankful for the leadership and for the wisdom and for the direction and the guidance that he has given to me and to my family through our time of transition here. Um, He mentioned just a small detail. I'll give you a little more detail. We pastored in Hendersonville, North Carolina for 10 years before um, transitioning here to to this area. So... um, His direction and his wisdom really helped us to kind of lay out that path and and to help us along the way because transitions like that aren't very easy. So I'm so thankful for him. I'm so thankful that I can call him pastor. And then next, I want to thank all of you because we came in and he didn't tell you all right away who we were. So we would have an opportunity to kind of just grassroots this thing, if you will, come in low key and kind of just meet you all and be a part of the church before we were anything else, before you saw me in this type of environment. And you have been welcoming and loving and open to me, to my wife and to my children. So thank you. I love y'all very much. We'll just get rid of that because I'm not going to use that anymore. So thank you so much for all of that. Next. And this one's good. Thank you to the bishop. Amen. So you know what he has been in your life, but this is who he's been to me. He was the one who allowed me to continue to follow the the calling of God and the leading of God for me and my family to go to Hendersonville as pastor there. He was the first visiting minister to come and preach for us. So he believed in me then, allowing that to happen. So I am so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for his ministry. And just honestly, I still, I admire his smile. Amen. Like, I have never seen him not smile. And I envy that in my own life because my wife is always like, why are you so serious? Like, because I I just don't have that face that just has that smile all the time. And it's not that I'm, I could just be thinking between Burger King and McDonald's. So forget last week, it's this week. Burger King versus McDonald's. I'm driving, I want to eat something. And it's like, what's the matter with you? I'm like, nothing, I'm just hungry. And he just always, like he would be thinking about deeper things. my family finding a house so thank you so much for that to the worship team god y'all are amazing so anointed 
every now and again I get to sub in and then I realize how awful I am and how great Dawn is. So Dawn is amazing. Y'all are so blessed, not only with talent, but anointing. Thank God for Pastor Nate over here because we are the same. Like our, our, our spirits just mesh. Thank you to Pastor Ed. I've known him longer than anybody else here. Like I like he knew me before I was a pastor. Like he knew me when I was just wanting to help in the church that I came in. Like I came into the church at like 20 at the age of 20 and pretty quick just like got in just in learned truth and was like this is it for me I'm in and got involved in youth ministry and things like that so I've known him longer than anybody else and he gave me that water that I just kicked off so brother Ed I love you thank you so much and to the rest of the leadership team thank you and then also when you make this many changes in your life you have to have a loving family like my kids are amazing i love them they they are gold they are precious and my wife she sees something in me that i don't see sometimes like and i tell her this i was like you're the one who teaches me the love of god because when i know i'm unlovable you still love me someone around like that like let's let let's leave home and go to Fayetteville let's move back let's go to here like and she's supportive of things like that that you can't trade that for anything so thank you to my wife I love you thank you so amen look at that I earned another one from him. you rock brother amen Look, I told y'all I cry. It's all right. So we just going to have a good time. Pastor, love you. We miss you. But we cannot wait for you to be home. Amen. Amen. So before we get started, let's get, let, let's just pray for a few moments. Ask God to just open up our hearts and our minds to his understanding. Amen. 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 God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for what has already transpired in this house. We thank you for the way you have made your spirit known to us through the worship as we opened up our hearts, as we opened up our mouths and our, and our lives to you. So as we go through your word, God, I pray that we experience something more and something deeper. There's promises in your word. So God, today I don't want to leave with a promise. Because we already have those. Today, God, let us have manifestations of that power. Let us have fulfillment of those promises in our lives. Let your power do something in this place. A complete work not just part you've already begun it now god i pray complete it in your mighty name of jesus in your name of jesus and everybody say amen come on if you really believe that he who began it is going to complete it say amen amen one more time let's just clap our hands to him thank you jesus So just to kind of let you know how I flow in a sermon, I'm going to start real simple and then we'll get deep. It's kind of like the swimming pool. You can start in the three feet and everything is good and you don't notice the slope until it's over your head and you're like, wait, this is getting deep. So I will get you there and I'm going to get you there real easy and then it's going to be like, whoa. Are y'all ready? Yes. All right. So now here's for the easy part. So please don't get bored with the easy parts. Here's something real easy, but accepted. Love this. Live it and just claim this right now. 
I believe that God has greater for every single one of us. I believe that has God, that God has greater for you and for me. I truly believe this. This isn't some name it, claim it. This isn't some prosperity gospel thing. This is that God is good and God is great and God owns it all anyway. So God has greater for me, for you, for your family, for my family, the community you live in, the neighborhood that I live in, for your city, for my city and for this church, no matter what, what, however you want to divide this thing, God has greater for that. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be difficulties in your life. There will be, but God is able to overcome every single one of those difficulties. Like I can just look at it like this over my life since the time I made the decision to live for God, not just believe in his existence, but to actually live for him. I have seen the miraculous in my life. I've seen it for me and I've seen it for those around me. And the deeper I get into this thing, the more involved I get with him, the more involved I become in ministry, the more involved I become in the church, not the busier I get, not the more titles or the more things I can get my hands in. But being a part of what God is calling me into, the more involved I can be with the people who call themselves the body of Christ, the more I can get involved with those that I'm reaching out to and praying for, the more that that can happen in my life and the more that that has happened in my life, I have experienced more and more and greater and greater. Does anybody else know that to be true for them? See, if there was one lesson that I learned in 10 years of preaching, it was this. John chapter 10, verse number 10. Wow, that's fitting. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said that they might have life. That's why he came, that they might have life and have it abundantly. But now there's something I want to share share with us about this verse. When Jesus says this, he was born, but he had not died, he had not risen again, and he had not sent his spirit back. So when he says it in this moment, he is saying that they may, or that they might, as other translations will say. But today, when we look at this verse, we can absolutely say it like this. He has come. He was born and he died on the cross and he rose again, taking victory, conquering death and then sent his spirit back to us. It is not might that we have life. We have life. And if he is giving us life, it is not that we might have abundant life. The life that he is giving us is abundant life. It is no longer a question. It is no longer a promise. He gives us a life that is abundant. So that means life is going to be more of him. Life is going to be more blessings. Life is going to be more favor, but it's not just going to stop there. Like think about, for instance, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit is alive. Amen? This fruit is alive in us. And this fruit is to be alive abundantly in us. So when he puts it in us, it is put in us to continue to grow and be abundant at all times because he gives us abundant life. It is not might or maybe. It is no longer a promise. It is a guarantee. It is a certainty that when he gives it to us, it will happen just like this. Man, y'all just need to go ahead and get excited. Because now I'm going to hurt you. (laughs) Because here's the tension in life, right? We are living without. And that's why it's so hard that what we hear about living an abundant life, we have such a hard problem lifting our voices or connecting with it and why we want to be so cynical and shout it down about something else and say that it's negative, say that it's prosperity or say that it's name it, claim it. It's because we live without. 
We live with deficits. We live with scarcity. We live with fear. We live with anxiety. We live with depression. We live with insecurities. We live with these things. And when we live with these things, we think that it is a bad thing. And because we think it is a bad thing, and when we hear abundant life, we put them at odds, and we put them on opposite ends, and we think, if I am living in fear, if I'm living in depression, and if I'm living in a deficit, if I'm living without, then there must be something wrong in my life. There must be some kind of punishment. There must be something going on with me that I am not living the life that he's promised me. Come on. But there's something better. And I like the event that we read about in the book of John when Jesus is walking and he sees a man that is blind since birth. And the people asked him, who sinned, this man or his parents? In other words, why is he being punished? And Jesus says, no, it's not that at all. It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So yes, there is abundant life here for every single one of us. And the fact that we have a need does not discredit that. He has given us abundant life. So here's just a simple truth, one that we can have for free. If you are alive today, if you are in this place breathing, if you are watching online today, here's a simple truth. We all have needs. Doesn't mean you're being punished. Doesn't mean there's something wrong. It is what makes you human. Doesn't mean you can't live an abundant life. It's what makes you human. And it's what makes God, God. The ability to supply in that need. The ability to make sure that he has all riches and glory. And when he sees our need is able to supply in them. And we say when he displays it, we give him praise and honor and glory that is due. We all have needs. We all have it. But it's recognizing who supplies when we are in need that needs to happen. So here's something else about me as a as a minister, as a preacher, as a teacher, however you want to call it. I'm a principles type guy. I like principles. It's better than rules. Rules don't bend real well. They break real easily, but people don't like it when you break rules. They kind of get mad. But principles, on the other hand, kind of grow with you and evolve with you. Like, for instance, when I was a son, I could live by a certain set of principles. But if I live by rules, rules are not going to work for me real well as a father. But if I learn principles as a son, as I evolve and I become a father... I can take those principles and then apply them to me as a father and to my son. So principles just seem to work a little bit better. So I have a principle for you today. A principle that if you can just remember this, if you can just commit it to memory, it will revolutionize your life, I promise you. It's going to make you smarter. It's going to completely change your life. IQ is going to go up 50 points in about 30 seconds. Are you ready? Yes. It's like the Equifax credit boost. Are we ready to feel smarter? Yes. Here we go. And you got to say this with kind of a southern slang. Here we go. Keep the main thing the main thing. You know, when you say with a southern accent, your IQ really goes up, right? Now, see, I can make fun of that because I was born in Biloxi, Mississippi. So I'm even allowed to say Mississippi. And then from there, I moved to Valdosta, Georgia. And then there, we moved to South Carolina because my dad was in the Air Force. So I could say South Carolina, too. I could put an F on that. And I'm allowed because I am really Southern. So this is keep the main thing the main thing. So as you begin to put all of this together, this is what we're saying. We all have needs. 
but remember to keep the main thing, the main thing. So this is what I want you to do right now before we get into the scriptures that I have for you today, before we really get into what this word is about. I want you to think about that need. That need that is the main thing for you. The thing that is pressing, whether it's in your life, whether it's in a member of your family, whether it's for your family in general, whatever it is, begin to think about that main thing, that need. Write it down. Make a note of it. And keep this with you as we go through the rest of this service. So now let me just show you how this works. And we're going to do this from a very familiar event in the Bible. First, I'm going to read it from Matthew's perspective, starting Matthew chapter 9, verse number 20. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will get well. Now, the KJV says it like this, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. So this woman has declared what her need is. She has suffered this ailment for 12 years. And what she is wanting in her life is to be made whole. That's what she's declaring. I want to be made whole. Now, she thinks if she touches the hem of his garment, she will be made whole. So she's going to do whatever she can to get into the presence of Jesus, to touch the hem of his garment so she can be made whole. Because to her, that is the main thing. Her need is this affliction. Her need is the fountain of her blood that needs to be dried up and be healed, this hemorrhage. But the main thing is, I want to be made whole. So now let's read this account from the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 25. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, and let's just go ahead and start making this towards us. 12 years is a long time to suffer through something. Amen? Some of y'all, the thing that you wrote down is longer than 12 years. Some of you, maybe not as long, but maybe it's generational. And maybe you haven't suffered with it, but your family has suffered with it for years. Are you hearing me today? When you suffer with something, you do get to this place where it's like, I don't know if I can live with this any longer. Something needs to happen. Something needs to change. And we all know what this is like. And then Mark 5, 26 says, and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. Can you get an amen on that one? Like, we can all say, you know what? I have tried to handle this in all sorts of different ways. Let me tell you what I've been through. Let me tell you what I've tried. And this is what she's saying I have been through. Like, I've tried physicians. Some tried to help. Some took advantage of me because I'm broke. And I am hurting worse now. I am in more pain now than I have ever been in my entire life. And some of us can say that is true of our our problem, of our need. God, I have tried so much. I've done this. I've listened to that advice. I've gone to these groups. I've done this. I've spent money on this. And now I'm worse off. I've tried, though. But I'm still hurting. I'm still in pain. My family is still broken up. Jesus. Things aren't working for me right now. Think of all the things that she could have endured with medicine during that time. And think about the things we put ourselves through in this time. People with cancer and chemo and how sick they get just to try to get well. Like We know what this is like. Some of us know it personally. Some of us know it through family. Some of us know it from a distance. But we know the hurt. We know the pain. And we know what it's like to be taken advantage of. And then verse 27, after hearing about Jesus, 
after hearing about him and the miracles that he has done and the things that he has done in other people's lives. Bible says she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak for she thought if I just touched his garment I will get well or be made whole so here she is she's hurting she's in pain she's broke she's suffering but she's had enough and somebody tells her about one more option try Jesus this is what this man's been doing as she thinks to herself I'm going to do whatever I can even if she's a little sheepish at first because she's not approaching him from the front she knows she's not supposed to be there yeah so she's going to come in from behind, but she's going to push through the crowds. Even if she has to crawl on her hands and feet, if you will, to get underneath them, whatever she has to do, she is going to get into the presence of Jesus because she's been told that he can heal me. And she has made up in her mind that when I touch the hem of his garment, I am going to be made whole. And it says that when she touched her, 529, immediately when she reached out and she touched him, immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed after her of her affliction. She was healed when she touched him. She was healed. Something happened. He would go on to say, power, virtue has left my body. We know what that's like. Amen. We've been in that service. Where the presence of God begins to move. It's not hype. It's not fake. It's not forced. But when the band starts going, or preachers and evangelists that are far better than I preach about that part, and they say when they reach out, she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment. And immediately, she was healed. People start to, they start to feel something. They start to get ready. They start to want to shout. They start to want to move around a little bit. Because God is doing something in that moment, right? I mean, y'all feel it? It's this moment. It's this moment. Y'all know, right? Y'all, come on now. For you. The way y'all been praising this morning. As you get revved up in that moment and you start to feel the presence of God, I just walked you into the deep side. I'm just going to let you know. Did she get what she came for? No. Mm. What did she want? What was her main thing? To be made whole. What did the scripture say? She was healed. Now I'm going to tell you something. Healed is not whole. Some of y'all can come here and say, God help me with my addiction and go back and your family is still a mess. God help me with this thing I've been dealing with. And then you go back into the world and there's still that same hurt and that pain and all the brokenness that's there. You've been delivered. You've been healed, but you're carrying hurt. Yes. Yes. 
healed is not whole. This moment was healing. We felt his presence. Something happens in his presence. That wasn't being made whole. like the praise break it's not fake it's not hype it's not pushed it's not forced it's moving with it's moving with the presence of God but this is what happens we feel it and we feel God and we think that was it and we leave and then we come back the next week saying God I need to pray for the same thing is not being made whole. Don't be satisfied with a blessing right now. You can be seated. They're up here for a minute. They're good. They're going to help me. Y'all can be seated though. Don't be satisfied with a blessing. Don't be satisfied with manna when God has already offered you something better on the other side of the river. Like yeah, his, his power is making manna fall right now. But he's promised you something better. And sometimes we get so caught up that there is a blessing that we forget that there was something that was the actual need to be made whole. Amen? Amen. Like the addiction may have been a need. Right. Right. But the restoration of the family was being made whole. God, I need you to come through in my finances. But God, I need you to help me manage my finances. One is a blessing. One is being made whole. Sometimes we get satisfied with just symptoms being treated. So much more. See, Mark 30, immediately Jesus perceiving in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? 31, and his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. You say, who touched me? Verse 32, and he said, and he looked around to see the woman who had done this. He looks right at her because she got his attention. All the hurt that drove her to get into his presence. All the pain that she said, I can't live with anymore. I've got to get to him. No matter what the crowd looks like, no matter who I have to touch and push through and crawl under to get to, I'm going to get in his presence. And as the Bible tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to us. When she got there to his presence, it didn't escape his. So the worship that we had in the beginning, that's why I said we still have his attention. As a carryover from the first one, we still have his attention. He is listening to us. He is looking in on us right now. But what we don't want to do in a moment like that is say, he is looking at us. I have felt his presence. Something has changed in me. I'm good. Because you may have received something, but you didn't receive what you came for. You didn't receive what you needed. You didn't receive that main thing. You received something. My God. That's good right there. I don't want to just come into his presence and receive something. Anything he has to give me is going to be good. But there's some things that I know I need. I need him to do this in my life. And if I just leave his presence, I will never experience him. So this is what this woman does. 
Verse 33, but the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Yes, she didn't leave. She didn't leave. She was a bit overwhelmed because she knew what happened. Amen. She may have been a little offset because she knew of all the people that she touched along the way that she had no business touching. She knew she had no business touching him. But she had a need and fought to get into his presence. And now here he is looking at her. She tells him the whole truth. Here it is from Luke's account. Chapter 8, verse 47. She came trembling and fell down before him, choosing to stay in his presence and declared in the presence of all the people. Now, this is humility. Before, she didn't want to be necessarily seen coming up behind him. She didn't want the sheepish. This is humility. Being humble, but also not caring about what it looks like. Doesn't matter what this worship sounds like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter who's watching or listening. I am in the presence of Jesus, and Jesus is in my presence. We are locked. We are in a conversation. So I'm going to talk to him. That is what she is doing, and she doesn't care what's going on around her anymore. That's humility. And she tells him the reason why she had touched him. The whole truth. This is what's been going on. For 12 years, I've had this issue. And I've been to this doctor, and I've been to this doctor, and I've tried this, and I've tried this, and this one really tried, and this one stole my money. This one tried and left me hurt. This one took advantage of me and hurt me even more. Jesus, I've been through so much. But I told myself, if I touch the hem of your garment, I will be made whole. I told myself that. So I fought through the crowd. I did everything I could to get here. And here I am. That is everything, Jesus. Here's my affliction. Here's how I got it. Here's everything I've been through since. Yes. Sometimes we just have to get to that point with Jesus. That when we feel him moving and we feel the worship going, that when that part is done, we don't think that it's over. That his attention is still here, still on us. And he's looking at us and he's waiting for us to tell him the whole truth. What is your need? What is your main thing? What have you been through? How did you get in this situation? Since you've been in this situation, what has happened with your family? Since you've been in this situation, how are things on your job? He's waiting for us to tell him. But sometimes we're just so quick. We feel it. We felt that power. We felt that virtue. We stomp to it and we leave. Michael. Then she tells him how she was immediately healed when she touched his garment. And she begins to show him gratitude. Like she still didn't leave. She's still now. Now she's showing gratitude with everything I've been through. You did something for me. I felt you and something changed in my life. Thank you. Immediately I was healed. Thank you. Yes. But we take that. And we think that's it. But this is what Jesus says to her in that moment. You begin. He said to her, this is from the book of Mark, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be 
healed of your affliction. Not just healed. Here's peace. Because of all the things that have happened to you, that's what you don't have right now. See, she knew she needed to be made whole, but she didn't know what she was lacking. So because she chose to stay in his presence and begin to tell him about what was going on in her life, he said, I'm going to make you whole. Here's healing and here's peace. Luke chapter 8, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Matthew chapter 9, verse 22, but Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. She's been alone. She's been abandoned. She's been taken advantage of. She needs comfort. She needs peace. Thy faith hath made thee whole. She wasn't made whole when she touched his garment. She was made whole when she stayed in his presence and told him the truth. As it says, and the woman was made whole from that hour. Her need, her main thing was to be made whole. And it didn't come when the music started. It didn't come when the praise break was happening. It came after when Jesus looked at her. I mean, all, all that, that's a move of God. There's power flowing in that moment. Stuff begins to happen in us. But in that moment, that is when we look at him and say, this is, this is what I need. This is when we begin to declare, God, this is what I've been through. share with you something that happened to me very early on in pastoral ministry as we all stand together. Very early on in the first few months, my family and I moving to Hendersonville to be pastor there. One morning, an elder lady, very sweet, very kind, but comes into the office before service and informs me that she is no longer going to attend the church because she needs a pastor with all nine gifts of the Spirit, and I do not have them. To which kind of hurts when you're, you know, in the realm of Pentecost and somebody tells you you're not spiritual enough that kind of is you know deflating in that moment so you go okay well, thank you wasn't much room for conversation she came in said the things she needed to say and she left so my mind is is spinning my head is just crazy at this moment like I've been hit next person that shows up walks in and he, I love this brother to death brother Ephraim Velasquez I love him and he comes in to inform me now I didn't know about the first event this is the first time I'm hearing about it for the second event he comes in and he tells me that his cancer has returned form of cancer that he has if it returns is, there's a very very low survival rate so we prayed after church service we got the church together and we prayed now I'm going to be honest with you because I just told you about telling God the whole truth and I'm being absolutely serious when I tell you about this. This is not, like, I'm not saying it to be funny. It is, but it, this is just the truth. I started praying to God this. God, he needs to be healed. I know what that will mean for him and for his family. But God, I was just told that 
I'm not enough. I've just been told that I'm not spiritual enough, that I'm not a good enough pastor. So I'm questioning whether or not I should be here. We've been there just a few months. Like this is going on in my prayer. I'm like, Jesus, this is what I'm going through. And I said, Jesus, as selfish as this sounds, heal him for me because I need you to heal him to tell me that I was supposed to be here. Confirm to me that I am supposed to pastor here because you healed him. I know it sounds selfish. I know it sounds like testing God. It's, but it was the truth. I was just honest with him. God, they're telling me I'm not enough. They're telling me I'm not spiritual enough. They're telling me all this stuff, and it's it's overwhelming to me right now. And then he he has this need, and I'm being told I'm not spiritual enough. So heal him. Heal him. I know it's selfish. I need you to heal him. I know what it will mean for him, but I need you to heal him. Because if you heal him, I will know that I'm supposed to be here. If you move in his life, I know that you're working in me. If you heal him, I know that you're hearing me. I know I have your attention. I know I'm walking in your will. So a couple months later, his next scan, he brings it to me. Doesn't tell me anything. He just brings it to me. He says, Pastor, I want you to read this. So I began to read it. And he starts smiling. And I just begin to cry because y'all see that's how I am. And this is what the radiology report said. This is what the radiologist apps. Just, I am not lying. This is what he typed in. This is the closest thing I've seen anybody type to a miracle of God in, ever in my life. This is what he said. He said, there is no evidence of scarring in his body. It is as if this patient has never had cancer. <laughs> He wasn't just healed. He wasn't just healed. He was made whole. We were honest about what we needed in this moment. We were just honest with God for a few moments. And because we were willing to be honest in his presence, he did more than heal somebody. He made the man whole. There was no cancer. No sign, no scarring, no trace of it. No need for any more treatments. Done. All because he told the whole truth. All because I told the whole truth. So I tell you that to tell you that in this moment. You wrote down your main thing. You wrote down your need. Now just declare it to him. Now just declare that to him. Who cares what it sounds like right now? You don't have to wait for them. You don't have to wait for me. We've had the worship. We've had the feel. We know his presence is here. We know we have his attention. He is waiting for us and all the people to declare to him the whole truth. This is what I need, God. This is what I've been through, God. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what it's doing to my family. This is what it's doing to my children. This is what it's doing to my parents. This is what it's doing to my job. This is what it's doing to the world around me. This is how it's hurting my body. God, I see it going on in my children's life, and I want to see that change. Whatever your need is, begin to declare it and just tell him the whole truth right now. Lift your voices all over this place. Oh, God, we love you right now. We're so thankful that we have your attention, that you would look on us, that you would listen to us. That you would care about our needs. That you would care about our wants. That you would listen and you would move on our behalf. We 
know that you are able to heal. We know that you are able to bless. But God, we are here today because we want to see this situation made whole. We don't want to have to carry hurt out with us any longer. We don't want to carry pain with us any longer. We don't want to carry the affliction any longer. We don't want to carry the, the mindset, the depression, the anger, the rage, the deceitfulness any longer. God, we declare these things to you right now. We open up these altars to you right now. Begin to come forth. Let that be your walk to his presence. And just begin to cry out to him. And as you cry out to him, do this. I'm going to go ahead and do this right now so that way we won't have to break later on. As you declare these things to him, you don't have to hold them any longer. You came to him holding the weight, carrying the weight, shouldering those burdens. But when you declare it to him, you left him at his feet. He took care of it. So as you declare it, you don't stay with the heaviness mindset. You don't stay in the depressed mindset. You declare it and you say, thank you, Jesus. You declare it and say, not only am I healed, I'm made whole. And you begin to praise him for it. You declare the thing that is wrong and you praise him for what he's making right. You declare the thing that is your need. And then you begin to give him gratitude for the way he's changing your life. We don't hold this thing anymore. Amen. Amen. Let's reach out to him in prayer right now. This altar is open to you. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.